0: Thank you for continuing to listen to our walk with the Master. We're looking at our third lesson today. This is called Jesus' is Calling, and it comes from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It says On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he, that's Jesus, was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats, so they began to seek. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, from now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything followed him. Now what's really interesting and surprising about this passage is that Jesus has an entire message that he speaks to the crowd and it goes unrecorded by the gospel accounts. We know that he spoke to the crowd. We don't have any idea what he said. What's recorded instead is what he spoke to Peter. And again we want to reiterate the point here that although when we come to the gospels We find that Jesus has much to say. Usually his speech is for the benefit of the twelve following him. And not necessarily for the religious leaders and for the crowds at large. Jesus is really interested in investing in these twelve men and using them to build his kingdom in the world. And so they are the primary focus of Jesus' ministry. And here he's teaching his disciples, especially Peter, that he will eventually live in charge about the purpose of their calling. And that's going to be our calling as well. And that purpose, of course, is to catch men. What's really interesting about this is that Jesus begins the call with their purpose. Oftentimes in churches, we begin to talk about the Great Commission at the end of our ministry. We we want to start with the gospel and and all these things and growing in Christ, and and then kind of towards the end, when someone's grown up and matured in Christ a little bit, we want to talk to them a little bit about evangelism and about outreach and about being a witness to their world. But Jesus doesn't do that. He at the very beginning, at their very call, tells them that He is calling them for the express purpose that they will reach their world for Jesus Christ you know it's sad that so often for us the Great Commission is a great suggestion and it seems to be more of a tack-on to our ministry but but Jesus lays this out at the very beginning and we should take note of that we should give people an understanding that from the very beginning the purpose that they've become a Christian is that they will lead other people to Jesus Christ that they will be about making disciples of the nations Rather than it be something that's to benefit them spiritually, it's really to benefit the kingdom of God. And so Jesus gives us some guidelines here about what it means to catch men. He lays out, here's what I plan on you doing. The first thing we see is that people are hungry already for the word of God. At the beginning of this passage we find that people are pressing in on Jesus but they're not pressing in on him to see a miracle, they're not pressing on him to see some great work or to make him this king, they're hungry for the word of God. and This should impact us a great deal as well. And What it tells us is that there can be a lot of moving testimonies or dramatic presentations and people can come to know Jesus Christ in a number of ways. But the reality is there's nothing that we can do that's going to have more power than God's Word. The Bible tells us that God's Word is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. Faith, Paul tells us, comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ. And so you don't necessarily have to have a great story to win a person to Jesus Christ. What you do have to have is... A faithful account of the gospel that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that if you will confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What's wonderful about this, though, is we find that people want to hear the Word of God. You know, we often have this idea that people are going to be very put off and they're not going to want to respond to the Word of God. But actually, people are very hungry for the Word of God. They want to know that their lives have meaning and their lives have purpose. And although you will sometimes have a negative backlash to the gospel message, that by and large, overwhelmingly, most people are very receptive to telling them about Jesus Christ and to telling them about God's Word. And so if we are going to catch people, God's Word, the Scriptures, must be our net. And ultimately, the good news is, is that people really want to be caught We also have to recognize, however, though, that we are inadequate for the task. You know, Peter responds to Jesus and says, Look, we have toiled all night, and we have caught nothing. People coming to Jesus Christ is not a result of anything that we do. It's a result of what God does in their lives. However, in order for them to receive Jesus Christ, they have to hear the message of Jesus Christ. But we ourselves cannot take credit for that. What Jesus had called the disciples to do And what he calls us to do in making disciples Is impossible for us We are totally dependent on the power of his word And his blessing our work And so whenever he calls us Whatever situation he puts us in We may say to ourselves You know what, I can't do this I am incapable of doing this And you know what, you're absolutely right He has to do it And so what he wants you to do Is just depend on him And trust in him To bless your work that you might be used by him. Thirdly, we see that we are not only inadequate for the task, we are unworthy of the task. One of the great pictures we have here in this story is Peter falling down at Jesus' feet and saying, Depart from me, O Lord, I am a sinful man. And Peter was absolutely right. He is and was a sinful man. But that didn't stop Jesus from using him. Jesus responds to Peter's statement by saying, do not be afraid. And so it's, it's as if Jesus is telling Peter not to worry about whether or not he is worthy of the task, that Jesus himself will make him worthy of the task, that Jesus will accomplish his work through Peter in spite of Peter's own unworthiness. And now, we shouldn't think this is less true of us. Before any of us can be used of God, we have to recognize our own sin and unworthiness and also his lordship over our lives. Now, at the same time, we shouldn't let a sense of unworthiness or shame keep us From doing what God has called us to do. The Bible says it is he who is at work in us both to will and to act according to his good purpose. And so since the scriptures tell us that we should know I am unworthy of the task. But that doesn't mean I, I can't do it. It means that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That he being at work in me I can trust in him and his leading and his purpose in my life, and that if He has called me to catch men, then He doesn't necessarily call the equipped, He equips the called. Finally, we see that if I'm going to really be effective as a soul winner, then I have to follow what the disciples did. It says they left everything and they followed Him. Now, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to compete for our affections. And Christ really has to be our first love if we are going to win people for him. And you say, well, why is that? Can I, can I be a soul winner and still have all the things that I want? And I would say no. The reason isn't because that makes you less effective. The reason I, I really believe is that you're shooting yourself in the foot. See, what you will really talk about and what you will really be passionate about is that thing that you love. Uh, The Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so when someone is excited about something, they talk about something. And usually that's where, where their heart is. And so the reality is, if I'm going to be passionate and talk about Jesus and be able to talk about him in a passionate way, he has to be where my heart is. And that means I have to cast off everything else that competes for the affection that I really should have for him. I believe people really want to be involved in something and be a part of something and really believe in something but they want to know that that has made a difference whatever it is in our lives and so if we are coming proclaiming Jesus Christ they really have to believe that that's where our heart is and and that is something that has changed us and transformed us that they they really have to believe us before they're willing to accept and listen about Jesus Christ and so if Jesus Christ is not your first love if you haven't left everything to follow him if he doesn't have your heart then it's really gonna be a hard sell because people tend to know the difference between whether or not you actually believe in what you say or whether you're just trying to promote an idea or um, there's a difference between the guy that really is passionate about a cause and the guy that's just trying to get elected into office and so we have to be the real thing and in order to do that Jesus has to be everything to us and so then the question for you is is he everything to you and so just just some questions for you to think about. First, how does it impact you to know that Jesus Christ's purpose in calling you is to reach other people for Him? And what are some changes maybe that you need to make in your own life to better fulfill that purpose? Second, what are some ways that maybe you let a fear of inadequacy or ability or worth keep you from being fruitful and faithful for the kingdom of God? And how does knowing that Christ is your power and strength help you overcome those obstacles? And finally, is there anything in your life competing for your love in time against Jesus Christ? And what changes do you need to make to be a more faithful follower of Jesus Christ? I hope this lesson's blessed you today and I thank you for listening. God bless you and I'll talk to you soon.